A racist Karen calls the cops on my cousin, so I get her business closed down. Subscribe to Am I the Jerk on YouTube and hit the bell to turn on notifications. My 23-year-old female cousin recently opened up her own salon. From a young age, she taught herself how to thread and wax eyebrows and developed an interest in makeup and hair. Everyone in our extended family would go to her before events on a monthly basis for their threading, waxing, hair, and makeup needs. In 2020, she had a full-time job, non-salon related, but decided to renovate the basement of her home to create a small salon space. She now spends her free time taking clients in her at-home salon and there's nothing but great reviews. Her sister helped with the renovations and now helps her with marketing the business on social media and community pages and I help with the finances, budgeting, price setting, etc. We all support her and we are really proud of her. The salon is our baby. We are now in the middle of a pandemic and this greatly affected her salon business. As a result, she's implemented safety measures and our team made sure to keep up with COVID regulations in our city. This included having one customer inside at a time, doing temperature checks, making masks slash face shields and gloves mandatory, wiping down the salon after each client, etc. Also, when our city was in lockdown, the salon was closed as it is not an essential service. Here's where the incident began. Our city is once again in lockdown since the end of December to the end of January. The salon has been closed down since the lockdown began. The salon's social media Media pages have been updated to let the current clientele know that the salon is closed. Now comes the Karen. Karen sees a community poster from October detailing a discount that the salon was having on a certain package we offer. She comments on the post saying that she can't believe the salon is open in the middle of a lockdown when her salon has to be closed. This is important for later. Karen fails to notice that this post was made in October when salons were allowed to operate as long as they followed safety regulations. Regulations. Karen doesn't bother checking more recent posts indicating that the salon was closed. My cousin doesn't see her reply at this time. The next day, two police officers show up at my cousin's door while she's at a doctor's appointment. The officers ask for my cousin and my aunt lets them know that she is not home right now. My aunt does not speak English very well and lets the officers know that she would call my cousin and ask her to come home. Maybe the officers didn't believe her, but they insisted on coming inside the home. My aunt had already called my cousin as she was worried. My cousin asked what it was about, but my aunt didn't know. My cousin then asked if they had a warrants for anything. When she found out that they didn't, she told her mom not to let them come inside and that she would be there in about 20 minutes. My cousin began driving home when my aunt called her to let her know that they simply left. Hearing this, my cousin was less worried and decided to go grocery shopping as planned before heading home. It turns out the officers came back half an hour later and once again demanded to see my cousin. My aunt called my cousin again and asked her to come home, but in the 20 minutes she took to come home, the officers were gone. They had left a card and asked her to call back. My cousin managed to get a hold of the officers and was told that someone had reported her business. They claimed that she was operating during the lockdown and they had proof. My cousin knew that this wasn't true as the salon had been closed for quite a while. By now, my cousin had seen the comment from earlier and mentioned that she knew exactly what their so-called proof was, but the post in question was from October. My cousin was very upset as this post was not even close to being actual evidence of her operating now in January. She was also very upset that they were insisting on coming inside the house with no cause or no warrant when they could clearly see that my aunt does not understand the language very well. At the end of the conversation, the police officer apologized to my cousin and we thought that was the end of it. You must be wondering, how did we know that Karen was the one who called 
the cops. Well, she told us. The next day, my cousin received a message that she realized was from the woman who commented on the post. Karen decided to pretend like she was a customer. Can I book an appointment? My cousin responded back and said, Hey love, we're currently closed due to the lockdown, but once the lockdown is over, we will be more than happy to book you in. Oh, my girlfriend was there yesterday. My apologies. Well, you must have gotten the date wrong. The salon is not taking clients until the lockdown is over. Thank you. No problem. I didn't get the date wrong. Lol. I also know the police came due to you being open. Take care. I'm not going to sit here and entertain your boring life. Maybe for a change, you can find another hobby rather than spreading lies and wasting people's time, including the police's time. Or even better, find an actual job. Have a good night. Well, I own a spa that's closed as yours should be. My mom is the one who called the cops. You are not entertaining me at all. Go back to your own country instead of messing with ours. My cousin decided to block her at this point. She was happy this was all over. Her sister and I were still outraged at the racist comment and how someone can make up lies about a small business that led to the cops terrifying my aunt. But when my cousin told me about Karen, the fact that she had her own spa really stood out to me. I did some digging. And that brings us to the revenge. It turns out Karen runs her own spa out of her house. Doing some snooping, I found reviews from her clients on her business page that were posted on days that the city was under lockdown. The reviews could be from clients who received services before the lockdown and only now had a chance to write a review. To be sure, I found Karen's Instagram page. I decided to use her own trick against her. I created a new account with a generic name and followed her page so that she couldn't see that I was related to my cousin. I then messaged her to ask her about the prices for her services. I said, hey, I love your pics. I was wondering how much you charge. Hey girl, thank you so much. What service are you after? I'm really interested in getting the BB Glow Facial. That's awesome. My biggest seller for sure. Normally it's $125, but it's on buy one, get one. So you pay for one session and you get two. That is such a great deal compared to the others. When is your next available date? Well, where are you located? I can't have people come to me in lockdown, but I can travel to my clients. So Karen was not operating from her home location due to lockdown restrictions, but was traveling to her clients' home, which is still against regulations. I then made up a lie about my home not having adequate space and asked for her address so we can meet up in my friend's place somewhere between her and I's locations. She foolishly told me her address. During this time, I also tried joining other community groups that she was a part of. In one particular group, the people in this community were promoting their small businesses. She had recently made a post about discounts on her services for the month of January. I immediately went online and submitted a report about her business still operating, including screenshots, her address, her full name, etc. A few days passed by and I had forgotten to check up on it as I was busy with life again. I saw the incident report number on a sticky note I had on my desk and decided to check in. Apparently, this was not Karen's first offense. Karen already had been fined $750 for having a client in her home during the first lockdown in my city. After being fined, she decided to change her business model and go to the client's home instead. Now, she was fined $10,000. I was still following her on Instagram, so I decided to check it out. She had gone on a rant about how she was going to do very bad things to the person who reported her. She also mentioned that she was no longer allowed to run her business. I'm not sure what type of ban the original police put on her, but I immediately deleted the accounts and the existing groups that I had joined earlier. At the end of the day, she got what she deserved and I fulfilled my dream of pretending to be Sherlock Holmes. Was I the jerk for how I handled 
handled this. So maybe this Karen was just trying to snuff out her competition and that's why she signed up to try and get services from them to not only report the cousin, but to see how they would handle it. And the original poster, the OP here, kind of responded to that by saying, during my snooping around, I noticed her business had quite a lot of similar services. In reference to the part where the Karen was making threats saying she had gone on a rant about how she was going to do very bad things to the person who reported her, somebody asked, did you send the screen grab to the police? I'm pretty sure that this threat can be considered intimidating a witness, which is probably worth considering if she really is unhinged. The OP responded to that saying, thanks for thinking about our well-being. All the notes and conversations are screenshotted and saved. However, since I didn't use any of my real information for any of the accounts and I used a really generic name too, I don't think that we'll ever need it. This whole idea from the Karen just seems really dumb. At this time, everyone was struggling, especially if you don't have a well-established business that could survive the pandemic. So why lie to try to tear down another business that's already struggling? If the reason really is because she wants one less competitor, I don't think that would have made any significant difference since everything was already locked down at this time anyway. And in the end, it backfired. A $10,000 fine is enormous. That'll take quite a few appointments to make back all that money. But if this was your business and somebody was coming after you with lies like this, let me know how you would handle it down below and jerk or not a jerk and why. My fiance got into an accident and almost died. That was when my mother-in-law told me that he cheated on me with an ex. Now he's recovering and I feel so guilty for wanting to end this relationship. I feel like a horrible person. I'm a 33-year-old female and my fiance is a 34-year-old male. We are supposed to get married on August 20th in a small ceremony. We've been together for six years and engaged for one, the best years of my life. He is brilliant in every way or so I thought. The accident happened six weeks ago. A drunk driver hit my fiance's car and I spent the worst night of my life in the hospital waiting for answers from the doctors and he went through hours and hours of surgery. His parents and brother were also there waiting. I've always loved his family and they me. His mom is, was, one of my favorite people and we got along very well. She was happy to have me as her first daughter, in law. She's religious and when my fiance was hovering between life and death, she was worried about his sins. So she She told me that he cheated on me two months ago with an ex that he bumped into. She explained that it was because of the wedding and the stress of planning it. Apparently, I've been both stressed out and stressing him out. He had a weak moment. It was a one-time thing and he regretted it so much. He asked his parents for advice on what to do and they told him not to say anything. As long as he's remorseful and as long as it was me he wanted, he should forget about what he did and move on. His whole family knew. After the hospital, he moved back to his parents' house because we lived in a flat without lifts. I visit him every day. I haven't told him that I know when his family is acting like nothing's changed. They're very happy he's doing better and understandably so, my presence by his side is very helpful according to him and his family. Now both my fiance and his parents are talking about us being able to get married on the day we said after all. I feel awful because I do not want that. Our relationship was over the moment I found out about the cheating. I stayed because I loved, still do, him and want him to feel better. I couldn't break his heart while he's recovering. I also thought that the wedding was postponed and that I, we, would have more time for him to recover fully and be strong and independent again so that I could leave with a clear conscience. I tried to speak to his mom today and she just started hyperventilating and telling me not to do this. She made a mistake by telling me and that I shouldn't take advantage of what she said in desperation to punish him and kill his spirit. He's still recovering and he needs me. I have been thinking since my talk with his mom about everything and I'm so 
so angry at him. I'm ashamed that even when I was worried about his life, I was very angry and resentful. We were supposed to have our wedding in this beautiful manor house that he found that's all inclusive with our most important people. My best friend is a DJ and my parents paid for the whole thing, even though they're much poorer. So I don't know where this stress has come from. We fixed everything in a week. I am so angry and I've kept bottling it up since the accident. I'm afraid I'm going to explode soon. What should I do? So in this situation, the mom says that she made a mistake by telling the original poster and that she shouldn't take advantage of what she said in desperation. Does the mom not understand that this lady, the original poster, is about to enter into a lifelong marriage with this person and that her no longer wanting to continue the marriage with him is not out of retaliation for the mother or for anything else. It's that why would anyone want to go through with it once they know this and not knowing it doesn't make it better. It just makes it so that the entire family is in on something that the OP, the original poster, is not in on. Regardless of what the family decides to do with the information they have, none of that pales in comparison to the actual fiance, the guy who got into the accident, being able to casually carry on like nothing happened and his family giving him an easy out by blaming it all on stress. I'm glad the OP was able to find this out before locking herself into a marriage so she doesn't waste either of their time because eventually this kind of stuff will always boil to the surface no matter how much he or the family tries to conceal it and then they both have to go through an agonizing divorce most likely. So being honest about it before getting married seems like it's the best situation for both people involved. But let me know how you see the situation. What would you do if you're in the OP's position and jerk or not a jerk and why? This is a story about my days as a paramedic. We got a call to a house where there was a bariatric patient who had fallen. The patient was morbidly obese and weighed around 30 stone, which is 420 pounds. This story isn't really about them though. There are many reasons people get to this size and I've never judged, only helped. No, the problem here was a really arrogant neighbor that we had come across before and boy was this chap a judgmental moron. Our patient had a car and a disabled parking permit. They also had a council designated disabled parking spot outside their home which the neighbor kept parking in. There had been a number of letters from the council regarding this and a number of parking fines just served to annoy this chap even more. On the day this story took place, I took the call that the patient had fallen and we went to the house. Sure enough, the neighbor was not only parked in the disabled spot, but had parked a second car blocking access to the patient's driveway. I assessed the patient and suspected that they had broken a hip, so we needed to go in. I sent my colleague to round the neighbor to ask them to move the cars, and when they came back, I was told that the neighbor had just told my colleague that they would do one. No problem. Time to get the message home. I radioed through to our control center and asked for the fire service and police. We needed the fire service to help lift the guy and the police to do a little parking control. The fire service were the first to arrive and I spoke to the crew commander to let them know what the situation was. A fireman went to the house to ask the neighbor to move the car and was told the same as my colleague. The message was relayed back and the watch commander just asked me one question. Is the patient's life at risk? I knew exactly where this was going and it was time that our thoughtless neighbor got the message. My answer was yes, there is equipment. I need to get into the house and the driveway is blocked preventing me doing so. The watch commander told the fire truck driver to move those vehicles and it was satisfying to see both vehicles pushed down the road by the fire service and the look on the neighbor's face as he came out spitting and screaming was well worth seeing. His complaints to the police fell on deaf ears. They were all well aware of his history of obstruction and my clinical assessment that the patient's life was in danger was more than enough justification for the vehicles to be moved. I doubt it made our patient's life any easier and sadly 
the patient died a few months later without leaving the hospital, but it did bring a smile to their face as we wheeled them out. So, was I the jerk for handling this the way that I did? In a situation where the actual fire department comes to your door and asks you to move your car, what do you think is going to happen if you don't move your car? If you're even parked in front of a fire hydrant, firemen will break your windows to get the fire hose through the other side. So what do you think they'll do if they can't access it at all? I'm not exactly sure how they move these cars because they probably didn't have enough time to do a proper towing since the patient's life was at risk according to the original poster here. And the OP did say that the vehicles were being pushed down the road. So I'm guessing the fire truck or one of the vehicles actually just drove into the neighbor's vehicles with enough force to push them down the road as the OP implied here. So if you were the paramedic in this situation, how would you deal with a neighbor like this that was obstructing your ability to try and save someone's life? Let me know down below. My husband and I are on the verge of divorce because I'm pregnant. I'm a 40-year-old woman and my husband is 49. We've been married for 12 years. We are both child-free and it's one of the things we've bonded over. Now I'm pregnant. I'm not religious or anything, but I'm 40. He's had a vasectomy and this happened like a miracle. I want to keep it, but I'm so scared. He made it clear that we are too old to be parents and we hate children and that if I want to keep it, then it's divorce. I do hate children, but not this child. I want help from single parents. Brutal and honest opinions based on your experience. Is it worth it? Are these just my hormones being crazy, making me emotional, or is this real love? I love my husband so, 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 so very much, but it's kind of faded away compared with the emotions that I'm having with my belly. Please help. Jumping into the future, there's an update. Many of you said that my marriage is already doomed because if I terminate, there's a big chance that I will resent my husband for it. I've been thinking about this a lot. I love my husband, and even when we are separating, I don't want it to be because of resentment. I'm so sorry for everything that's happened, but I can't control my feelings. I hope he will forgive me and that my child will forgive me. Would I be the jerk for choosing my future child over my husband? This is a difficult situation because it sounds like the original poster of the wife here and the husband both have come to an agreement quite a long time ago that they didn't want kids, even going so far as to have a vasectomy on the husband's part. But now that she's actually with child, her entire perspective seems flipped and no matter how much she tries to suppress it by saying that she wants to be with her husband, ultimately it seems like she wants this child more than anything. She even points out that their marriage has faded or more specifically her love for her husband has faded. Besides not wanting children in the first place, I think the husband is worried that bringing a kid into the world is not really fair if he's already 50 years old before the kid's even born. So that means by the time this kid is 10 years old, the husband will be 60. And obviously by the time the kid is 20, the dad will be in his 80s. That's what the OP means when she says he made it clear we are too old to be parents. That and possibly the fact that the older you are when you have children, the more risks there are for the child. So if you could give advice to the OP here, what would you tell her? Let me know down below. When you subscribe, make sure to hit the bell to turn on notifications. To finish listening to all the stories in this series, use the playlist at the top of the description. And next time you live stream, use the cream of the crop music. Search for cream of the stream on Spotify or whatever music platform you use for copyright free music to use for your stream. It's free cream of the stream. Either way, thanks a lot for listening. I'll see you guys next time.